And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. It's me, Andrew, and with me is... Uh, Max. And me, Robert. And guys, I don't know about you, it was a real thrill to hear old Adam, the Sandman, in the uh, opening track there, because we got a real sand, a doozy of a Sandman episode mm-hmm. yep. coming up. Uh, Another with, chapter chapter in the Sandlerverse. Um, oh, I do have something to talk about with... Uh, maybe a, a little teaser for a Sandler verse type of thing, but uh, guys, before we get into that, how you doing? You know, oh, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, I do know because we talked for like thirty minutes before we recorded. So actually, I do know. It's true. We caught up. We dished. Everything's fine, basically. I mean, we, hey, we know what's going on. <laughs> We're aware. Yeah, we ended it with a real topical uh, Jeffrey Tubin joke. Uh, just as a little <laughs> teaser. I guess not a teaser because they're not going to hear it, but just as a little uh, inside, inside joke a, that a little, you're not privy to. Yeah, and we're BTS. not releasing the video of this uh, recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a reason why we made a Tubin joke. Um, so, guys, why don't we get into some uh, movies we've seen? Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something breakfast. Movies we've seen. What, uh, Max? What movies you seen? Uh, well, let's go through them. I've seen, I've seen a few since we last talked. Well, that's uh, such I a watched... huge stack of papers, uh, Max. Shuffling through them, yeah. I, I wrote each movie on one sheet of paper. Each, each word of the title on a different piece of paper. Wow, what a waste. <laughs> But it looks impressive. It sure does. Uh, so too bad we're not releasing the video. <laughs> anyway, let's start with uh, Miss Juneteenth. Have you guys heard of this movie? No. It's about this. It's about a, a lady who was Miss Juneteenth when she was young, and then she's trying to get her daughter to uh, be crowned Miss Juneteenth, like enter her into a beauty pageant, essentially. Uh, to win Miss Juneteenth and and do something with her life, um, and it was good. It was, it was an interesting little story about you know small town and and uh, I don't know <laughs> try, trying to do something with your life, trying to make something of yourself and figure out where you fit into everything. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fun uh, and uh, touching and and all that stuff. It's been a while since I've seen it though, so <laughs> don't. <laughs> I remember every little bit in peace. I also watched uh, Yojimbo, which is a Kurosawa film mm-hmm. uh, that is very similar to a lot of the westerns. I think the westerns were inspired by this one in particular, um, and it's it's pretty cool. It's about uh, kind of the the same Clint Eastwood vibe. A guy who has no name. He he invents a name at at a certain point in the movie. Calls himself Sanjuro. Which means like he's like looking out into some rice fields, and it means like thirty rice fields or something like that. Hmm. Thirty year rice field. I forget what it is exactly. He goes to like a stand, and the guy's like, 
what's your name? And he's like, I don't have a name. And he's like, hmm, 30 rice fields over there. <laughs> You're Sanjiro now. <laughs> call, I'll call you Solo. Yeah. Perfect. Um, is, this and, the, is this the kind of uh, Kurosawa film that they sing about in the in one week, the Bare Naked Lady song? Uh, yes. I, I'm not aware of I'm not aware of this, so I don't know. <laughs> well, the lyric is, of course, uh, like Kurosawa, like Kurosawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they'd have a samurai. Ah, mm-hmm. yes, yes. It does have a samurai or a retired samurai, a Whoa. ronin. Whoa. Uh, ronin. Yeah. So he's kind of out of work looking for stuff. That's the, the main character. Used to be a samurai. He's going around. Finds this town that's kind of overrun with two warring clans down at like either end of the street, and he meets up with, um, I, I think the guy owns it in or a restaurant or something. But basically, everyone's cleared out of town because it's got so many uh, bad folks in there, and so he's trying to get rid of them, trying to pit them against each other, and and he's also good at fighting, so he slices a bunch of them up. So it's it's pretty good. Uh, I like it a lot. It's uh, it's kind of funny. It's got some action in it. Uh, Toshiro Mifune is amazing. And it's got some scenes. I think it has like a, a hand getting chopped off. That was the inspiration for... Um, the Addams Family? For, <laughs> uh, for Star Wars. Uh, when Ponda Baba gets his arm chopped off by Obi-Wan. Ah. What is and my, then, my favorite, definitely the most iconic. Uh, limb getting to, off. taken off in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The the one that isn't cauterized. Oh, man. Uh, all, the, all the kids with their Ponda shirts on <laughs> the, when it was re-released. Ponda, know, Ponda everyone's shot Everyone's so mad, mad. They're like their favorite character getting his arm cut off right in the first movie. I was drinking a Baba tea outside of the theater. <laughs> <sighs> You, and there's already Boba in Star Wars. You don't have to go with Boba. They had to retheme it. No, Boba was out at that point. It was all about <laughs> Boba, my man. <laughs> Boba, my man. <laughs> and then I watched another movie that's kind of like um, Western adjacent called First Cow about this. Uh, oh, yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah. It's, uh, it's starring the guy who was in... Um, Umbrella Academy, the first first season of Umbrella Academy. He was the uh, Ellen Page's boyfriend in Umbrella Academy. Oh, but I don't know the actor's name. Not too important. But okay. he's in this. It's a uh, old fashioned kind of. It's Pacific Northwest, but in a, the Gold Rush days, and um. He kind of makes his way out there. He meets a guy, uh, and they like start uh, just hanging out together. And then they start making food. Like, and he gets this idea: well, you know, I could make really good um, rolls if I had milk. And so they start stealing milk from this cow and get into some trouble with Arnim Zola. Uh, Toby Jones, I think is his name, the actor, who's kind of like uh, hiring them to to make these roles for him. Mm-hmm. It's a little slow, but it's fun. It's good. Uh, I think it's indie indie movie. What's it called? Uh, First Cow. 
first cow. Okay. Trying to figure out the yeah. name of this guy. Okay, you don't remember the, it, and it's weird because like, it's a pretty different role, so uh, we didn't even notice who he he was for a little bit. I've had that a whole lot recently, where there's an actor that I know in there, but it takes me a while to put my finger on. You know what else were they in? Yeah, I uh, I didn't see Umbrella Academy, so I don't actually know who you're talking about. Oh well, take that. If you haven't seen Umbrella Academy, then I don't know if you've seen this guy at all, and maybe uh, be on the maybe lookout. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter. It <laughs> could be could be possible. Ultimately. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit about this guy? This trash. Just kidding. He he did a great job in both things. I thought he was he was great. Uh, even though I don't remember his name. Um, I also watched Jumanji. Uh, the original Which one? one. The original uh. one. With Robin Williams, welcome to and the jungle. A man of the original culture. one. <laughs> yeah, the the original one with the rock. That's that's <laughs> the the only one that I watched. Honestly, after watching Jumanji, I don't think, even though I enjoyed that that first rock movie more than the second one, I uh, I don't think they need to. I don't think they needed to be made. I don't think that they improved on the story at all. Don't I think there's that. a lot of stuff that worked in the original Jumanji that doesn't in the new one. I think the premise different kind of concept though, because That's one right. was following someone into the game, and this one was uh, the stuff of the game coming out. It's true; it's different. I just don't think it works as well in the in the rock one. It always it always bugged me. There are like little things about it that like, well, that doesn't quite make sense. I think it rebounded; it made up for it in the fact that the the group of kids together was an interesting dynamic. Yeah, but you did hit on, and I think we all kind of came to the conclusion that like it didn't do enough with the video game tropes. It was like so surface level. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It could have been a lot more fun. We, we, we pitched things that would have just been a minute immediately more fun. So, yeah. yeah. And, and it, it works in the original movie there. It's not about a board game, right? So it's not like all they do is roll dice and move. Like they don't even have a choice of like which direction they go or anything like it's that. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's just like they move and then they roll and then like another thing appears or happens. But it doesn't matter because that's not where the humor comes from or where the entertainment comes from. That comes from, oh my gosh, this place called Jumanji. That stuff is coming out uh, to into the real world. It's crossing over. But then you thought that was funny? <laughs> Jesus. Was, I gotta say, it was more frightening than I thought, than I, than I remember. It, I distinctly it, remember that the animatronic spiders were brought out on Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you could look up. Hey, maybe we'll put this in the show notes, Drew. I think you can look up probably this clip of like the spiders come scuttling out from behind like a curtain at it on the Oprah show. I think they're, oh, led, they're led by Tom Cruise when he jumps onto the couch and <laughs> he was scared. He was scared. Oh, he, he jumped was up. Jumping he on was the, so scared. He's jumping on the spiders. That's I didn't notice that part of the clip. <laughs> they doctored it. God, it's so messed up. <laughs> so, um, we need to like Zapruder okay, film so, the uh, so Oprah Max. Film. You stand the OG, OG. Jumanji. Yeah, that's the way to go. Uh, don't bother with those other ones. I mean, you can't. Don't bother. <laughs> don't, expect, don't expect it to be Jumanji levels. It doesn't make as much sense. But and here's the thing: some of those effects really hold up surprisingly well, despite mm -hmm. how old they are. The monkey faces, however, are terrifying and probably shouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. But it's a it's a fun movie. Oh, and it did another like. Um, 
I was talking about Bill and Ted, about how messy movies used to be. This one was another example of just like a huge mess being made in every scene. And especially they have a scene that's in like a, a grocery store and there's paint falling all over and people are slipping around and people are running and almost getting hit by cars and stuff like it's that. It's whimsical. But I think that's part of the appeal of it is like a kid's movie where it's like kind of like how Kevin McAllister was able to sort of in defense of his home tie up and do all this crap to it and set up all these things and like because doesn't the monkey kid kind of like use the fire extinguisher and they're kind of like they're not they don't care about the places they're in when they're trying to like defend themselves from the hunter and all the other stuff so that's yeah it's all it's also like that that kid fantasy of being able to kind of cause chaos too it's true it's true uh so yeah that's it for jumanji uh, <laughs> bye <laughs> bye see ya i watched uh hannah which um, I had watched the TV show originally. Hannah uh, with Eric Bana. Yeah, Hannah with Bana and with uh, Saoirse Ronan. That's right. That is Saoirse Ronan. It is. One of her, I think, earlier roles, like even before Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think one of the main reasons I watched this one was because in the TV show, they reveal that these girls have wolf DNA. They, they're like, their DNA is spliced with wolves to make them better soldiers. And I wanted to see if that carried through to this, if they got that from the original movie, right? And they didn't. They completely made it up. There is, there is a scene with wolves in the original movie. But I thought they were like, the, the place they were in was called Wolf DNA Factory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they have altered DNA and they hint that it's animals, but they don't specifically say like this is wolf Th- DNA. That feels like such a movie move, though, to just like show a shot of wolves and be like, "See, audience, we acknowledged it." The wolf gives a big <laughs> wink to the camera. It's it's not as explicit. If even if that's what they're implying, it's not as explicit as it's stated in that show, which I thought was ridiculous. And like, I just kept. Ex- Expecting them to smell thing like smell things or like pee on something or I don't know do something wolf like and they never did. Start scratching and their how, ears with their the legs. <laughs> you start growing hair, howling at the moons like they never howl. That I expected them kind of like when it, things hey, got really loud. Save, they'd save some that squat up. Save some of that wolf talk for Hubie Halloween. Oh boy. <laughs> okay okay we'll we'll couch that one couch hannah talk for now <laughs> uh let me skip down to some of the other stuff it yeah um some of this stuff is like i'm saving the horror stuff that i've seen for later guys Whoa. most we'll, of my stuff is horror so i'm just gonna try and do like the heavier stuff now but we'll we'll see uh-huh. this okay this one is real life horror uh but we'll we'll just what, uh, uh, go with it here the, No, just stick to movies. 2 p.m. to 4 (laughs) p.m. slot on CNN. It's a documentary called Totally Under Control. About Oh, God. Yeah, Jamie watched this. Yeah. You watched it? No, Jamie watched it. I can't, can't, my man. I can't Uh, do it right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's pretty... It's about uh, the the administration, how they've handled the coronavirus and where... Where they slipped up, what they could have done differently, that kind of stuff. Uh, it must be a short documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect to me. Uh, it, I, I don't think it was like 
most of the stuff you already know if you're paying attention and like if you're living through it the way we all are there's there's some stuff that is kind of surprising i think especially if you don't pay too much attention to the government and what they're up to um it's kind of like a a bit of a slap in the face but i also thought that it was a little bit partisan in that it seemed to really be pushing this uh anti-trump sentiment which i totally understand because he's an awful human being but i think there are a lot of people at at fault in this a lot of people who kind of get let off with a little like well maybe they could have done something differently rather than like like this was a huge mistake that cost lives for for example they barely touch on uh fauci telling people not to wear masks they mention it and then kind of skip right past it because fauci is kind of in their category of the people who were pushing back against trump but i think that was a hugely dangerous thing and i think it carried on and it's still carrying on to into today people who are uh like anti-mask are using the words of anthony fauci early on i think like i think he Mm. even would say that it was it was stupid of him to say that early on in the pandemic i like and you know i haven't seen the documentary so i can't comment on how it's portrayed in the movie but i think like it's sort of like how people yell at meteorologists when they say it's not going to rain and it's going to rain like the the weather is fucked all the time and like you know things just kind of happen and the same with like i'm not saying that like it was like they should have there should have been a mask mandate from day one i think that was pretty obvious but like because it was a new pandemic at the time i you know i i Obviously, I think it was very dumb for him not to have a mask mandate from the beginning. I can say that now, but at the time, like, I don't, you know, I didn't know from anybody that, you know, what the difference between wearing a mask and not wearing a mask is going to be. Yeah, the um, the issue that I have is he knew that people should be wearing masks and okay. that it was going to make a difference. What they, they were consciously worried about not having enough uh masks for hospital workers they didn't want to cause a panic and they yeah they didn't want to cause the panic buying because they knew that they didn't have the resources to stock up but what the fact that he intentionally said what wasn't true that you shouldn't Mm. wear a mask and that it could get you infected rather than saying like wrap a cloth around your face, put a towel in front of your mouth, do something like that rather than say, don't wear a mask. It's not going to help you. I feel like that was, that hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's continuing to hurt people to this day. And the reason why we're, we're having a problem with this is because of some of those early mixed messages, especially like once you say that, then you say the other, there's no way to there's no reason to trust what you're saying now versus what you're saying then you kind of if you're if you say one thing and then say the complete opposite why should you believe either event like you need someone new i feel like they need to someone new someone else someone different than fauci i don't think that he works anymore well the, the <laughs> problem is that the people that they brought in are like uh, Worse, Deborah yeah. Burks and Scott Atlas, who are like two, like Deborah Burks is not uh, not on the same level as Scott Atlas, but um, they brought in people who are less 
trustful than the person who flip-flopped you know what i mean so it's like agreed if they if they were if they're a competent administration i would agree with you they should bring in like it's you know as much as it feels silly it's sort of a branding thing where it's like fauci was fauci could be the the fate like he could be the the public face of you know this previous theory and then here's you know doctor you know whatever and they're the new face of of this new wave of of coronavirus information even if let's say fauci is you know whatever like he's the person working behind the scenes but here's this other doctor who now has some you know like it isn't carrying the baggage of a dr Mm -hmm. fauci yeah i agree with you on that yeah yeah i I, exactly if they could find someone if they were interested in in actually addressing the situation finding someone else who was trustworthy who hadn't uh not even misspoken who hadn't you know said said the opposite of what yeah. was true i think yeah. it would really be helpful but anyway th- this kind of a tangent basically what i just meant was that that was kind of glossed over they explained it and then kind of left it and but and then went back to kind of like uh railing on trump which like all of that completely deserved i just feel like it was it was one directional and when it is one directional like that it's harder to believe or harder to convince people who are on the fence or anything like that it just becomes kind of like a partisan issue yeah uh and this is not one of your horror movies (laughs) (laughs) like i said it was the reality horror it's the it's a different type of horror yeah uh and then yeah that's that's all I, i need to talk about at this point i guess that's the those are the the non horror sure. movies. Rob, what about you? What are you seeing? Boy, I've been watching lots of horror staples: uh, Poltergeist, Hellraiser, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Mandy's a newer one, the Nicolas Cage Mandy. Have either of you seen that? Are we not saving horror for the other for the other thing? I have, I have like, I have a lot of horrors. I'm, I'm saving <laughs> some horror. Okay, it's, okay. it's mostly been horror, my man, this month. Um, what and what is it about this month? I wonder. There's something, there's something <laughs> creepy in the air. Um, yeah, I guess I, if I, I, saving, I haven't, I haven't heard of Mandy. I don't, or I think maybe I've heard of it, but I've forgotten about it. What is? It, Mandy it's Nicholas Cage, and he's living with um, his wife out in the woods, and basically this cult leader and his crew drive by and see his wife. And he kind of becomes obsessed with like, like, you know, being a, being a part of her life where he's like, Oh, I want, you know, he's a He's a creepy, creepy cult leader. So that's just kind of what he does. And then uh, a revenge story ensues with Nicholas Cage going absolutely wild. Just a crazy performance, lots of colors. Um, it's a real trip. Uh, it's really so- cool though. Like psychedelic? What do you mean, lots of colors? Mm, yeah, I would describe it as it's it's a little psychedelic. Not, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It it is. It feels like a weird, like a real it's, weird revenge. It feels supernatural too. There's there's mm-hmm. like elements of it where like they are able to summon like people to help them like kill like it, some weird like masked people. Am I wrong, or is this one of the like Nicolas Cage insano performances? This is one that you've probably even seen like a picture of where he's like he he's like bright red in a car yeah. like staring directly at you. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mandy. Um so yeah. Um but I can save uh, yeah, I've seen I saw the oh the super old school Nosferatu, which is really cool because that was like uh, I put 99 that on my years list. old or something. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, lots of reading. Um 
the different like frames were sometimes like pink or yellow or green at the time, depending on what they could to kind of differentiate between scenes, which I thought was pretty creative. It was just crazy how like clear the footage looked like everything was very like, like pretty crisp, like all everywhere. Everyone was easy to see. I really enjoyed it. That's one Um, thing about film is that you can like, you can't really transfer anything that was digital, but stuff that's on film is still the same quality as film today. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was impressive to see for sure. And the CGI um, and in those silent. too. Was that Max? Go ahead. I was making a dumb joke. I'd like to hear the dumb joke, please. I said, "Don't forget about the CGI in Osferatu. It holds up. <laughs> yeah, looks Except good the today. today. Um, uh, the other one I I saw that I didn't uh, that was not horror uh, was Borat Two. Ah. Either of you watched that yet? I haven't watched it yet. You uh, watched it because uh, Jason Wolner was a guest on a different show, huh? Homework, baby. Yeah, right. uh, no, but I mean, I mean, I did end up watching it because I was going to watch it anyway. Sure. But um, yes, that was a funny coincidence as well. You want to get um, to the bottom of the Rudy Giuliani scene. Man, the timing on that. Max, what about you? Did you watch it? Uh, I didn't. I just heard over and over about the Rudy Giuliani thing. Are either There's, of you interested or going to watch it? I'll watch it eventually. I mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think there's, I think I liked it more than the original. I think it has more of a narrative. They definitely like thought about the scenes they were planning on getting and how it was all going to tie back together to it kind of being like like it was in the first film, how he was kind of on a on a tour making a documentary and kind of kind of giving a reason for it to be a sequel. Um, and there are a couple folks in it who are so nice and there's nothing like, I don't know, they are just, they come off so well because they are good people that like, it's, it's really nice. And then of course there are the really awful people that are made to look foolish and that's because they are foolish and stupid and certain people uh, who are, uh, adjusting their shirts. Wink, wink. Sure. Hey. Hey, I'll say it, Rudy. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think you guys should check it out. It's funny. Obviously, it's you know there's there's cringe. It's it's uh it's got it's all it's sort of weird stuff in there too. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I had a, so I had a really fun time. Does Borat as an idea still hold up? It's still worth worth watching and everything. Let's explore Borat. Yeah, let's get into the mind um, of Borat. My I don't know. I, I guess that's maybe a good judge is sort of watching it and seeing like, I don't know if you have any strong feelings about the original. I don't, you know, I don't really think about it much anymore. So um, <laughs> yeah, see it for yourself. So, idiot is what he's saying. <sighs> but yeah, I think you could watch it and be like, is this even worth doing this character, especially right now with everything going on? But yeah. Huh. And uh, um, another question. Did you watch it with your wife? No. <laughs> Actually, wait, that's not true. I did. I did. Um, uh, I think that the only other, like, I mean, there's other horror I've watched, but I can I can save some of that. But that's, it's been a lot of that. Borat and then just in between, just a sandwich. Borat's in the middle and then just tons of other horror movies all around <laughs> it. Um, so I watched uh, just distinctly non-horror movies. Um, I watched uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, which is a sort of, indie movie about a guy who puts in a craigslist ad about uh time travel wanting to have somebody to help him uh achieve time travel it's starring uh mark duplass aubrey plaza jake johnson 
and uh, Dopinder from the uh, Deadpool movies. Deadpool's best friend is in it. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's a uh, it's an enjoyable movie, if not like maybe a little dated in terms of uh, certain characters' portrayals of like mental health or um, you know Jake Johnson is kind of a, a you know portrayed as like not a bad dude when he's sort of being like kind of flipping towards women, you know, just like certain things that feel a little dated for it's, you know, for the time. But anyways, I enjoyed it. Uh, also watched sleepless in Seattle. I was in a kick of watching movies that are taking place in the Northwest, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, so watch sleepless in Seattle, which is, you know, Tom Hanks, real charmer, good, good looking guy. Um, COVID survivor. COVID survivor. Yeah. Uh, one of our most famous COVID survivors, um, or at least well-liked COVID survivors in terms of people <laughs> in the public eye. Um, Good clarification. He's, yeah, it's a charming movie. Um, liked it a lot. And then uh, the one we just watched was Stranger Than Fiction with uh, Will Ferrell and you like that one. Maggie Gyllenhaal and Emma Thompson. And I think I liked, like, I liked it a lot when it came out. I think I liked it more this time than any other time I've watched it. I really enjoyed it a lot this time. Wow. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's about this guy. He's a, he's an auditor for the IRS. And it turns out one day he finds out that his life is being narrated by Emma Thompson. And it's this sort of weird tale about how she's writing a book about with a character that is him. And she controls his narrative um, and he's trying his best to to break the narrative because she's going to kill him. So it's a fun, interesting, good movie. And uh, that's it for me for movies, guys. Do we want right to do TV or do we want to get right into Hubie Halloween? Because we're at about 30 minutes. Let's get into Hubie. Let's get into Hubie, guys. Let's All right. get into him. Here we go. Guys, that is a song that appears in the movie Hubie Halloween, and that means we're talking about the movie Hubie Halloween with the Sandman and the, his uh, entire family, his, the cavalcade. Yeah, his family, uh, <laughs> his friends, and uh, some other, you know, other people: Michael Chiklis, uh, Betsy Sodaro, Shaq. Oh. Oh, um, we'll talk about yeah, it. Uh, the, you know, other, other normal people, like I think Alan Covort does make an appearance in this, but is maybe in a non-speaking role. Rob Schneider, um, uh, Steve, Steve Buscemi, Buscemi, Steve Buscemi, uh, Ben Stiller makes a cameo in this. Has um, another character from the Sandlerverse. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, Adam Sandler, I think has recently said he has some desire to one day, kind of collect the Sandler verse mm -hmm. into something. And I think I, so. When, so when at the beginning of the movie, when Ben Stiller's character from happy Gilmore showed up, I was like, is this it? Like, is, was he teasing it for this? And this is, this now is like, his like glass or whatever. Hubie like, Halloween is now the nexus point yeah. for the Adam Sandler universe. But as it turns out, yeah, the, he, and he is the character from happy Gilmore, right? The, Hal L is is 
like he's the same orderly who was like abusing his grandma and yeah. now he's now he works now like in a Salem mental institution or or not a mental in- institution as we find out. Yeah. But. Um so yeah, it's uh I I thought for a second we were getting the Sandlerverse Nexus here on a Netflix original movie, <laughs> not quite, but um yeah, so he did you, wait, wait, what happened? Did you start like calling everyone and like start like you're like, holy shit, it's happening! Get, get on Netflix now, 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 Max, um, Max, yeah, you so, up? <laughs> so Hebe <laughs> Halloween is about uh, it takes place around Halloween in the town of Salem, town of Salem, Massachusetts, um, and Hubie, uh, Hubie Dubois is uh, Adam Sandler's character. He's a well-meaning, if not maybe a little dim. Uh, I don't, it's, this seems like a stretch for an Adam Sandler character, but he pulls it off. Um, well-meaning, but dim guy who, uh, so, you know, his, his whole purpose in life is to make sure everybody has a safe and fun Halloween. So he's sort of a, like, he's sort of a pariah in the town in that, like, everybody kind of likes to pick on him. Um, but he's uh, other than the only person who kind of treats him well is uh, Julie Bones character who, as it turns Mickey out, Valentine, who has sort of a crush on him. And of course, his mother, it's... his sweet mother. Um, yes. And so there is a, uh, a rash of kidnappings happening in the town and a couple of uh, misnomers on who the kidnapper is throughout the movie. So um, mm-hmm. why don't we get into it? Guys, what did you think of Hubie Halloween? Max, why don't you go first? Okay. I thought it was really enjoyable. I loved it. I, um, I'm i a big fan of Waterboy. Mm-hmm. And this movie is the Waterboy. But they replaced football with Halloween. And I, <laughs> I fucking love that. It's fantastic. And they really pull it off. I'm going to go through a couple things that make this exactly like Waterboy. You got a main character with a speech issue, but he's got a heart of gold. Andrew, like you said, he's focused on the safety of others like he is in Waterboy, delivering water to the people who uh, who need it in their uh, football playing. He's got a, a kind of silly French name. Mm-hmm. You got the uh, Hubie Dubois. Bobby and Boucher. you also have Bobby Boucher, exactly. Uh, he's considered stupid by the whole town, even though he's really focused on their safety and re- just wants to help them out. He's got a mother who is over-the-top protective of him, the same way uh, Kathy Bates didn't want him to get uh, taken over by the devil and all the stuff that she was doing in Waterboy. Uh, he's redeemed by a woman who's way out of his league, but into him for some reason. Mm-hmm. And also has a double V name. Yes, exactly. I think it's Vic, is it Vicky Valancourt? Is that the Valancourt one? rather than Valentine, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got Steve Buscemi and Rob Schneider playing the local wackas. And uh, all I, I gotta know, say is Sandler, you've done it again. You've done it again, <laughs> exactly. It was nice. I really did enjoy it. Uh, um, Max, Robert, what'd you think? You know what? I this is one of those ones where, like, I think I ended up watching it. Um, um, yesterday and um, I yeah I really enjoyed it too I thought it was very fun I thought it was like I thought it was like harmless like I think if if your actual issue is like I would not lump this in with like 
the like bad Sandler movies. It felt like it felt like there was like a more a more spirit of fun going on. Obviously, I think like mm, it's maybe not my favorite Sandler character voice, but like I guess <laughs> I can be forgiven. And there was some really funny stuff like the the they established pretty on. We'll talk about it, but they established pretty on that like it's gonna be silly. So um, for that reason, I think like because they set the tone right off the bat, I was like, all right, I can get on board for this. This seems like a fun Halloween flick. So I enjoyed it myself. What about you, Drew? I it I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies just because I there was there were very rarely points where I laughed out loud. But if you're if you'd ask me, is it fun? Yeah, it's really fun. Did I have a good time watching it? I had a really good time watching it. Like I I like. I was, I have been really down on Adam Sandler in recent years, and I think fairly. Um, but <laughs> I like I I I enjoyed myself watching this movie. Like I was I was kind of anticipating being down on it just because of how much I haven't liked Adam Sandler movies recently, and you know like uh, excluding Uncut Gems. I mean like his you know like the recent comedies have not been sure. Um, and part of it is like even though characters in the movie are mean to him i don't feel like the movie's mean-spirited and i feel like adam sandler movies can at times border on Mm mean-spirited and like the you know the 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 story of the spirit of the movie is sort of like he's a good guy he means well he like you know he's of all said he's a little dim maybe a little dumb but like he's always doing the right thing and it's like these other people that are mean to him for no reason yes and you know uh, by the end of the movie, everybody sort of admits to why they bully him and it's all their own shortcomings. But um, it's, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed myself watching it, even though, like I said, I there wasn't a bunch of, t- you know, there wasn't much in terms of like total laugh out loud moments for me, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. I was definitely laughing out loud, like more than I'd care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> It it had me rolling. Damn. Maybe not, maybe not rolling, but well, I was I mean, laughing I, out loud. Like I'm genuine, excited to hear kind of what, what parts, because I, I have a feeling that there's probably some parts that some of us connected with. Are we going to kind of go go through a little bit uh, yeah, what happens? Uh, yeah. I, why, don't, why don't you guys talk about some of the... Max in particular, I'm really interested to hear what got you on the floor so much, but like, what, uh, are, what were some of your favorite it, scenes? it's probably going to be tough to like actually recap what I, what I enjoyed about it. Cause it was just little things here and there that, that made me laugh. But one thing I think every time it happened and it happened several times throughout the movie was, <laughs> uh, the townspeople would throw stuff. At, at, oh, that was <laughs> at okay. The, the, the progression of stuff being thrown at him was that did make, that was one of the ones that made me laugh. And you know what? Like it was, it was an effect. Like I think you see a watermelon go, and it and it hits the ground behind him, and it splashes on the you know cracks all over the ground. And it is all like CG crap that he's narrowly avoiding, but it's all very funny. It's it's yeah. very funny, and that's that's what I was hitting on with the beginning. Yeah, kids throw eggs at him, and he catches them in his thermos, <laughs> and then he drinks them, and then he says like Rocky Balboa style, and then he immediately projectile vomits, and then puts the cap back on and keeps trying. And I was like. Okay, I guess this is that. This is the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, even before, like, even after he caught the eggs, I was still like, okay, this is ridiculous, but whatever. But then when he vomits a stream for about five seconds, I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm going to like this movie. And I did. 
Um, I also thought it was a funny thing that um, I don't know if Andrew Max you like this that all three of the people in the news station had dressed up like Harley Quinn. That was funny. That was yeah. a funny side gag. And they were like, show my ex-boyfriend when he's just got on. They were like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, there were some good laughs. And then, yeah, of course, his wife was one of the um, one of the anchors. She was the um, weather lady, right? She was what? She was the weather lady? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And then his daughters were like the daughters of uh, Mickey Valentine. Yeah. Um. I was trying to think, was the, uh, who was the kid who dressed up as Freddie Mercury? He looked kind of familiar. Uh, yeah, he was, um, he was from Stranger Things. He was Will, the kid who gets uh, taken into the Upside Down in season one. He is? What? Huh? That was that Will? That was him. That was him. Look no, it up. The... Huh? I, I don't think we're talking about the same actor. Um but oh, I who dressed also... up as... <laughs> Freddy... Okay, so I messed up. I was thinking David Bowie. I was thinking <laughs> of the lightning that he was that's, dressed no, up as... No, that's fair. He was the Tin Man, man with the with... David Bowie. Okay. Yeah, okay. And you think it... David Bowie and Freddie Mercury are the same. We get it. It was um... under pressure throwing me off, right? They, they team up. I get it. You're under pressure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it happened. Um, I also think, you know, and it, it, it happens in Halloween movies, but, like, it's always fun when people have, like, good costumes in a Halloween movie. Yeah. I, I really liked all of those, too. Um, I'm like, I'm trying to like go through chronologically and kind of think of some of the other things that made me laugh, but his multi-use canteen that he made when he was a kid is an endless source of gags throughout the film. And I thought they were pretty funny. Yeah. It's the, so weird. What's the concept behind that? Who, why, why? I, just I, like someone saying, I think just even right when he first says like, I made this a thermos when I was in the couch. I was like, you make, how do you make, you make a thermos? What are you talking about? And then it turns out it's like a freaking utility belt. Yeah. It was very funny to have like a Swiss army knife thing that it's just like, no matter what the situation it is equipped for that situation in that moment, it was like Mary Poppins bag. Yeah. It's um, like a, a blender at some point, a grappling hook at another point that, mm-hmm. that cracked me up where he a vacuum. I like that. Yeah. He was vacuuming up glass. It was a oh, flashlight. Yeah. It was a little um, like a shovel and pail. It was yeah, it was very fun. and and also usually holds soup during the multiple times in the movie. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh gosh, what was it going to mention? Oh, Ray Liotta's in this. We forgot Ray Liotta. Yeah, maybe is uh, uh, one of his bullies. Yeah, one of the uh, maybe future Doughboys guest Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Max uh, and Andrew can see the face I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, big nod um, from Robert. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yes, yeah, so because and and it, it, it's <laughs> Hubie is both easily scared, especially for someone who loves Halloween, kind of, and is like the uh, the self appointed like monitor of Halloween. Yeah, like the, he the, walks into his own home and like the decorations scare him, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, his mom played by June Squibb. Who's that again? She looks so familiar. Um, June Squibb is... Gosh, why can't I think of what she's from? She was... I'm going to look it up right now. She is... Um, but I loved her rotating uh, t-shirts in the movie. were very that, funny. That was a very funny... Yeah, she had these like rotating t-shirts that she'd gotten from the Goodwill or something that <laughs> were all like very uh, sexually suggestive phrases. Um, yeah, her first one is boner donor, and she says that um, she she's like, <laughs> "What does that mean, Mama?" And he's like, "Well, she's like, well, I think a boner is an old word for making him a bit um, a big mistake. So I guess I'm donating my mistake." She's like, "Well, I guess that makes sense." Um, and then yeah, later she did, on, 
He mentions boners as mistakes. Yeah. Oops. Um, yeah, she did like uh, Nebraska was a movie that is she's pretty famous for. I remember seeing that um, about Schmidt, Far From Heaven. So for her age, she actually looks like she I mean, she, she did some some stage acting for a while, but didn't really start screen acting until the kind of the mid 90s. It looks like. I think at the end she shows up and she has an eye patch and she's like, are you ready for the Sandler initiative? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she was very cute. Um, I'm just like kind of bopping back and forth. Buscemi is the neighbor that moves in next door and he's kind of got a secret, which is funny that they set up that that's kind of, that's sort of a red herring that, yeah. that he's responsible. He keeps showing up in places, but yeah. he's not really the source of the terror. They do that a couple times where like, they sort of introduced that he might be what's going haywire in the town. And then uh, Rob Schneider character character show shows up and he's sort of impl- like they sort of implicate that he might be mm-hmm. what's going wrong. And then they both uh, in a very funny, like subversive scene where like they think they're on to the, ki- the kidnappers. And then, um, uh, Oh, what is his name? Uh, the guy from King of Queens, Kevin James, um, mm-hmm. plays the, oh boy, the, what a ridiculous getup he's in this movie. The the town sheriff, and he calls into Keenan Thompson, who's the other police, the the responder, and he calls in to be you know to put out an APP for these two guys, and they've already turned themselves in, and they're just like both mm-hmm. sitting at the you know like because they had the scene where they're like we need to talk, and then they just turn themselves in, which is a very like funny turn for those characters, and and certainly like they set up the movie that it's one of these two guys probably. But as it turns out, it's yes. neither of them, which is a very fun thing, subversion technique. You got us, Hubie. You got, you, <laughs> yeah, you got us. Um, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, unless there's some other scenes, too, you guys were thinking of, like, I wanted to come back around to so I don't forget. Um, at one point, there is there is sort of the narrator, which I enjoy over the f- top, which is um, Aurora. And she's, like, on the town radio oh, yeah, talking yeah. about, oh, it's <laughs> 9 o'clock, so it's time for, you know, the kids to go to bed and the adults to you know, start getting creepy. And I was like, what, what happens now after in Salem? Um, but he does get to the, Hubie does go to the radio station eventually and meets Aurora. And it's actually Shaq. <laughs> and he has this and, like very soft radio voice, but also like, when oh he's my like, gosh. he's like, Hubie, you know, he just like talks in his normal Shaq voice when he's wow, not doing Hubie it. Dubois. Yeah. I can't believe it's you. And then like when he's like, your, your voice sounds different. He's like, and kind of like titters. Yeah. Um, and then be still my heart. His, his lovely wife comes in and it's Betsy Sodaro. I was, a and, little, you know, I was a little disappointed not to hear Betsy's voice. Like, you know, kinda... and it was pitched down. It wasn't really like changed too much. Yeah. I just, but I, like, I, I need for a gag. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, maybe that would have been mean spirited cause I love her voice. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want the joke to be that her voice is weird because it is, it's a different, it's a very unique voice, but I like it a lot. Um, but I don't know. I almost felt it would have been funny if her voice, but still like kind of different or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, Maybe this is why I don't write movies, guys. <laughs> yeah. I think like I was, I think like because, you know, you and I, as like avid podcast, like, you know, consumers, yeah. we like, we are so familiar with Betsy's voice that I, I too, like, I don't want the gag to be, look at this person with this weird voice. Yes. But I think, yes. like, she just has such a unique, fun voice 
that if you're a moviegoer and this is your first time hearing Betsy, like she has such a funny, like a fun voice that I think like having it pitched down is not maybe not necessary because I just was kind of like, oh, Betsy, I can't wait to hear her. And then it's this. Yeah, kind of toned down version of her, yeah, toned yeah. down version of her voice. Jeez, but. Hubie, that woman's been calling for you every night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then, of course, the best is they, they like, Lady in a Tramp, uh, a built. Oh, yeah, that was. Together. That was, uh, that was. Her and Jack. Um, yeah, I, I, I did think. Rewound that part a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, the part that I. But, you know the the thing that I really came away from in this movie is I thought that Julie Bowen turns in like a like almost a maniacal performance in this like she is maniacal is not the right word but she is like acting like a maniac in this movie and it's maybe the weirdest performance I've ever seen her do because she's usually kind of like the she's usually the straight laced person in whatever thing she's doing especially when it's a comedy. Um, but she is sort of she's a little unhinged in this movie in terms of her performance. Like she's very weirdly into Hubie, and when like he's on TV, she's like very like giddy to see him on the TV. And it just it was very fun to see her it like doing something that is kind of outside of her typical wheelhouse too. Yeah, she was a lot goofier, and it did feel like they were setting up that she was kind of hoping he was going to finally make a move or ask her out, and so it feels like by the end of the movie, she was just, like, all about it. Like, she was stoked that he was getting some, you know, everything was coming out for him, so. Yeah. Um, my only, I will give one plot critique of the movie, Ooh. and that is when, uh, so they go through the haunted house, and um, that's, you know, when they call in and they find out that, uh, that, um, uh, Rob Schneider's character is, you know, they're, they're both at the police precinct. And so they, everybody in the room starts to piece together that maybe, uh, Hubie has been present for all the kidnapping. So he might be guilty. And so he does the look Frankenstein and they all turn around and he runs away, including the dog, which was very funny. Um, Mm -hmm. but he runs away and then he goes to the, he goes to the radio station as we talked about. And then he calls the police from there and they show up and he's no longer a suspect. Like they, mm. like the, it's the, it's the very next, like the sheriff was there at the haunted house and he was like one of the people who was like, Hey, maybe Hubie's guilty. And then the next thing, you know, he's calling the sheriff and he shows up and he's like, well, uh, we could trace this number. And it's just like, well, wasn't he just a suspect for you? Like three minutes ago, but uh, like, that is yeah, a- maybe maybe it was just implied like he called because like, of course, he was like, of course, he was like calling because there was actually another tip. And like, otherwise, he would he wouldn't give himself up if he didn't have something important. It's just it's to, a it's a very yeah. minor nitpick in a comedy that like ultimately it didn't matter. Like it's a silly movie. So I you know, it didn't bother me that much. But it, if I had to nitpick a scene, it was just in the in those two scenes next to each other. I wish there had been like. One, you know, one part where uh, Kevin James' character says, well, wait a minute, he couldn't have done it. He was over here or whatever, so. Mm-hmm. Did did you guys assume, did you guys think you know, uh, knew who was abducting the people in the movie? I figured it wasn't who we thought it was. I figured it was going to be, like, wow. a, a surprise. Wow. So <laughs> I, but I didn't think it was uh, who it ended up being. I'll say that. True. I, I was assuming... Um, I don't know if we're if there's other scenes. Max, were there other scene, moments too that you wanted to mention that you've um, that you were you were rolling you were raffle mayoing about? 
a lot of the stuff that you've already mentioned kind of like brought it back to me. Just a lot of good stuff. That, I mean, we also didn't mention, and I don't know if this made me laugh a ton, but uh, uh, like Maya Rudolph and, um, oh, and Tim Meadows, Meadows yeah. are an unhappily married couple uh, mm-hmm. where he keeps trying to, uh, I guess, titillate her and she's just not into him at all. But both of them really enjoy like making Hubie's life miserable. Uh, there were some fun fun moments in that, but um, I don't know that 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 wasn't what had me rolling on the floor laughing. I guess like uh, when he some of the physical comedy, like when he had the grappling hook, when he was on the bike and dodging um, stuff being thrown at him like a trash can, and and doing he was going backwards at one backwards, point, exactly like really cool like actual BMX bike. Even though he's such a you know lame guy, he's just able to do all these cool moves that he uses to get like to avoid being hit by stuff thrown at him. Yeah. Uh, but then he also had the grappling hook where he flew up uh, over this branch in order to get over a uh, fence, I think, but then la- lands very ungracefully. And, and did you, just... did, did you like it, Max, when um, in the starting, he sees Vicky Valentine and then he crashes his bike over the car and she goes to look and see what happened. And he's standing among animatronics going like moving around and like pretending to be like, yeah, he did a good job with that too. Like Adam Sandler does a great, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, robot <laughs> dance. I don't know what to call Max, it. What, like little man. words have never been spoken. <laughs> I think, Hey, I think Adam uh, Sandler and I think that's my robot man. Yeah. Put um, that, Put that on the cover of, of Hubie Halloween. Adam, Adam Sandler does a great um robot. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I, uh, I can't think of too much like specifically that I, that had me laughing, but it it was it had a good pace to it. Like I felt like I was consistently laughing throughout most of it. I think Kevin James was probably my the soft spot to this movie where like a lot of his stuff didn't really get me a lot of the stuff with the, the police. It felt like his character was more like the beard and mullet and stuff. And I feel like if he wasn't Sandler's friend, they probably could have had someone a little more of a more character acting in that role. Maybe. Yeah. And then the, like a couple times it comes up that he looks like a Muppet or something, but he doesn't, there's no Muppet that looks anything like him. So I don't know. I just thought it was like, well, a weak attempt at a joke. But a lot of the other stuff was was good. I was kind of hoping throughout this whole thing that Steve Buscemi would end up being a werewolf, legitimately. That there was some kind of supernatural aspect to this, but it it, it didn't go there. Unfortunately, he was just uh, disillusioned. Yeah. Um, well, were you going to mention Andrew uh, the finale? Who the who the culprit actually ends up being? Yeah. As it turns out, it's. Uh, Drum roll, please. His own mother is the kidnapper, wow. and she's been kidnapping Yikes. all the people who have been bullying him. That's and, a first uh, mom in a horror movie the, taking revenge? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Um, she kidnaps them, and she straps them to uh, pikes in their backyard and is going to light them on fire as, uh, <laughs> as revenge for, for picking on her son. Um yeah, it was uh, a a a surprising, but also like not like it. It wasn't the kind of stupid reveal that like 
that sells away the credibility of a movie. Like it make you know it 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 doesn't make sense that she's able to supernaturally pull um <laughs> full grown <laughs> people into into the shadow. Um, but her at least her like her um why she did it is not called into question. You know, her motivation is is real. So I I did appreciate that part of it. it the 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 realism of her being able to pull people into the shadows like some sort of uh, supernatural creature is something else. But you know, forget, forgive and forget. Um, yeah, and it seems like for a second there, Hubie's almost gonna let her do it. She's gonna, he's gonna let her light him up. Yeah, and then but he he gets the 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 speech that uh, Julie Bone gives him where she says he always puts other people first, and so then he throws the. Remaining remaining bit of soup that uh, catches the match right before it lights the gas on fire. And then, of course, the mom pulls the old there's Frankenstein gag and she runs away. <laughs> so, uh, open oh, for... I can't, Hi, wait, Mama. For, open I can't for, wait for Hubie Tubi. Hubie Tubi saves Halloween or uh, Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I I don't know. Like, like I said, I... You know what? Now that you guys have like been recapping the jokes, I was laughing a lot, like thinking about them and hearing them again. So maybe I did enjoy this movie more than I even said at the beginning. So fuck it, I I enjoyed it. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. I I really wasn't like you. I wasn't expecting to like this. Uh, it seemed like more of the the recent Adam Sandler fair, but it really felt more like an older one. Like specifically it felt like Waterboy, which is one of my favorite Adam Sandler comedies. Uh and well, so I really ended up liking it. It sounds like it borrowed a lot from from the Waterboy, so including uh almost his girlfriend's I name. Yeah, I checked yeah. and actually it was originally called Waterboy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> like I really wonder if it if he was if Adam Sandler himself was basically like, no, no, he was like, he's like, okay, okay. So there's this like guy, he's like, I don't know. He's got like a, like a new Orleans, like a French kind of name. And, uh, he's in a little town <laughs> and, uh, also he's in love with this. Uh, I can't tell him that he's already, he's already pitched this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like some, some deep, uh, seated thing in Adam Sandler's life that he's experienced that leads him to the, to make the same thing over and over again. Uh, to try and get to the core of it, what makes him tick? He's just refining this formula into the perfect Sandler yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. and I, he's, I I think he's made a step in the right direction by removing football and adding Halloween. <laughs> so I can't I can't wait to see what he does in twenty years from now. They're so close in season, though. I well, I I said I already said Christmas. I think Hubie Hanukkah is even better. <laughs> there we go. Um, so we are coming up on Al All Hallows Eve. We are in mere days from this uh, release. Do you guys recommend people watch this as a Halloween treat for maybe them and whoever is in their household with them? Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think you could do a heck of a lot worse. This is a real, like we said, I think it's all fun. I think it's, I think maybe, maybe the bar of Sandler films has sort of has sort of colored a little bit, but I think it's, I think it's really fun. And maybe, like you said, Andrew, it is. It's mean spirited in the sense that everyone is kind of giving QB a hard time in the town. Oh, we didn't even mention the fact that some of the roving kids are uh, uh, McPoyles. O'Doyle. Or O'Doyles. O'Doyles. I'm, I'm confusing my uh, my Sunny verse and my Sandler verse. Yeah, that's right. Verse. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but it is, 
it still feels like uh, funnier. Like you, you, you feel kind of bad for Hubie, but he's also he is kind of also portraying a loser. I don't know. I, I think maybe you had something when you said that about how it doesn't feel like everyone's everyone's awful to everyone in a sort of way. Yeah. Um, like they all felt like they were at least in on it against Hubie. Maybe maybe that's the <laughs> the, the secret. But yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. Same. I yeah. Like yeah. I I think it's a very fun and you know heart like the 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 thing that i was kind of surprised to come away with the movie is to say it's pretty harmless like you know there's a lot of sandler movies that you can just find like very offensive things very easily in them and you know i maybe i missed something but i don't know i i didn't really find this movie too offensive so um yeah i'm trying to think i don't i don't think they say anything really i think the kids or the adults there's like a funky exchange of like Someone talks about like hooking up or something, sure. but I don't, I don't know. And, and that's too chase. I'm too chased for that. Yeah. That's right. but. <laughs> the sight of a stalking you find shocking. Um, he doesn't like that people are kissing at one point. He, he moves people away from each other at a party. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Watch it on Halloween. I don't give a fuck. Midnight for all I care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Um, all right, everybody, that'll do it for this one yeah. and, uh, have a good and fun Halloween and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.